What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. What's up, Women's Good Fam? I'm so excited for this Wednesday. We have an incredible human being coming to be on this podcast. He um, has a church, church home, a church home app. By this point, you already know who I'm talking about. Judith Smith, uh, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to get to have a conversation with you today. Oh my gosh, thank you for saying those nice things about me. I already feel better being with you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I do hope that you feel <laughs> just as encouraged as everybody else does today. But we'll start the podcast the way that I start off every podcast asking influential people, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? And I know that's a big question, but if you can think of anything somebody said to you that stuck with you, we'd love to hear it. The best advice I've gotten about just the world and the universe and what it is um, is that it is it is completely about Jesus. He's the main character. And the Bible is actually not a collection of principles with concepts. Yeah. It's a love story and it's about a main character and his name is Jesus. And the entire universe orients around him. He is the focal wow. point. And honestly, pain and tragedy and loss, there's a level of, how should I say, kind of understanding that begins to fall into place when we let the main character be the main character. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's helped me in my darkest nights. I'll say that. Wow, that's so good. When you let the main character be the main character, that's huge. I already feel like we're going to church. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, somebody needs to pause right there and just think about that for a minute. So good. My questions that I had kind of had prepared, it's so funny because this happens every time. I love the way God works. It's like, Everything I'm going to ask, you always just say in the first thing. I'm like, exactly. That is the point right there. And I was going to talk to you about like <laughs> your passion for Jesus and just kind of asking you like, because whenever I follow, I've followed you on Instagram for years, watch sermons, um, all of the things, wow. been to church home. I love everything that y'all do and, and put out. But something that I've always noticed about you is just your sheer passion for Jesus and passion for people and people around you. And I just wanted to ask, I mean, where does that come from? Where did that come from? When did you get super passionate about sharing Jesus and about Jesus in your own life? Yeah, it really was, Sadie, for me. And thank you for saying all those nice things. They're so encouraging. Now I'm twice as encouraged. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm awesome. just going on record to say that. No, this is so <laughs> encouraging. Awesome. But Honestly, for me at 16, I kind of had this euphoric, hyper existential experience with God, which I believe all those things are possible. It's what he does. And so he lives in a dimension called the fourth dimension. And so here I am in the third dimension, 16 years old, trying to be a basketball player because I I (laughs) knew that I was the next Allen Iverson. And uh, I I literally found myself on a floor of a prayer meeting, not knowing how I got on the floor. And while I was there at 16, I had a vision 
of what I'm doing to an extent right now. I saw myself awesome. doing things and I woke up from that and I knew he was real. I knew he was alive. I knew he was a person and I was in love with him. Mm. And my life began to day by day take more and more shape of wanting to live like Jesus. And boy, I, I feel less spiritual than I was when I was 16 and 41, <laughs> but it's an awesome learning process, isn't it? That's awesome. I love that. And that's probably going to be so encouraging to people listening who are younger that you would even say that about yourself back then. Because, you know, I mean, the Bible talks about don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And it's so hard when you're young not to look down on yourself, right? And think like, oh, one day I'm going to have it all figured out. But no, it's in those times that God begins to speak. He begins to give vision. And I think it's really cool to hear what you said. Like, I just started walking that out day by day because I think people get really overwhelmed sometimes like they feel like they Mm. have a vision they have a direction from God but they're like how is that gonna happen for me and I kind of feel like for me whenever I started feeling like getting a sense of maybe what God was gonna do through me or where he was wanting me to step into it did overwhelm me it made me really afraid but it's that day by day walk right of just kind of following the footsteps following the trail of the Holy Spirit's whispers right that's it kind of gets you where you're going I love that. That's so good. (laughs) You are a pastor, obviously, at Church Home. If you've never been to Church Home, it's in LA. It's amazing. You've had just such a success there. And I say success, not in a way of like so many people. You've had a success for so many people coming to know Jesus, right? And just Mm. really kingdom on earth moments in the middle of Los Angeles. I think that's so cool. And I, I wanted to talk to you about that because you know, we're about to step into a new college season. And most of the people listening to this podcast are in college and going back to college right now. Yeah, And I think there's this fear that people tell themselves. It's like, okay, like, how am I going to share my love with Jesus in this like college scene, right? Where people don't know Jesus, people might not be open to know Jesus. And so I wanted to ask you, I feel like you're the perfect person to ask, like, how do you get to the confidence in who you are and what God is doing and sharing that no matter where you are? Oh man, that's so good. Can we just say to every college student alive right now, and I mean this, I know that I'm given to exaggeration and I tell everyone that I love them and I have friends that tell me that's not possible and I disagree. But the point is, Tim Tebow, if you're out there, you know I'm talking about you. He gives me grief nonstop. He's like, dude, you can't tell everyone you love them. I'm like, yes, I can. Yes, I love. But anyways, I think college students are heroic. And I just got done telling my 16 and 13 year old and Sadie, same to you. I have no idea what it would be like and how challenging it would be to be a young person, college age, teenage, newly married, to live in the social media information age and still have a love like Jesus mm-hmm. and a lifestyle that looks like him. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. I wasn't wired for it. I wasn't made for it. I'm 41 and social media almost destroys my soul. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. I told my kids who obviously are very minimally on social media, but I said, you're my heroes. I don't know how you function, but I know that God has called like mm-hmm. our age is even ordained by God. So God knew that college students right now would be college students in 2020 in the month of August. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you got to go to the bank on that. You got to go, wait a minute. I was made for this time. I was made yeah. for COVID. I was made for social justice. I was made for you know, what's happening in the world. And that's incredible. And then furthermore, when it comes to sharing the message of Jesus, can I just say it like this? I've been married 20 years and it's not the perfect marriage. And I'm certainly not the perfect husband, but I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't take too long. And you don't even need to see the two rings on my fingers, but you're going to find out real quick. There's this lady named Chelsea. And I am obsessed with her soul, her body, her lifestyle, her (laughs) values, her beauty, everything about her. And All you got to do is just run into me somewhere and it's going to come out. I'm married. I'm in love. She's incredible. Do you want to see a photo? Here's my kids. (laughs) Because it's a person I'm in relationship with when it comes to Jesus. And that's why we have got to uncover, recover the reality of his person. Let us not forget that we are here today following Jesus because hundreds of people saw a real person beat crucifixion, come out of a grave and levitate into the clouds. And ever since then, everyone's been telling his story because the wild things he taught before he beat resurrection, we were like, ah! <laughs> but the moment he beat death, we were like, everything he said that's is right. true and he's changed the world. And that's that passion, which it doesn't really know the confines of doing evangelism, which I think is great. It's just more of a, I can't wait to share this romantic love relationship I have with Jesus with pretty much everyone I come in contact with in some of the most natural, ordinary ways. I love that. That is so good. And it's so practical. It's so real. It's so organic. And I think those are three words not a lot of people don't really use when sharing the gospel or sharing <laughs> Jesus. But when you talk about it, like that love relationship that you're just actually obsessed with, it's, it's your whole life. Like, man, I, I, that's so natural. I love it. I was actually reading today your book, How's Your Soul? And something I wanted to talk to you about was the whole idea about love. You said something so brilliant, I thought, and I want you to kind of unpack it for our listeners. And if you are listening, he's written a few books and the books are incredible. Jesus is Christian love that book, raves about that book. Thank you. Whenever I was reading today about your relationship with Chelsea, and I love how you talk about telling her you love her, and I want you to share that story. But then I kind of want you to unpack for us that whole idea of love is God and God is love, because man, that blew my mind. And I am super passionate about preaching about God is love. I shared a message at Passion this year about God being love and what that looks like. Because I think that, you know, we always talk about as a young kid, like we need a DTR, we need to find the relationship. And I'm like, I know Paul kind of already defined love, but (laughs) 
I think maybe we should help re-encourage people what love really is and who God right. is. And so first, I'd love for everybody to hear you and Chelsea's love story and then just unpack that idea of love is God and God is love. Well, our love story is unique. Thanks for asking. It's our moms were best friends. They were pregnant together at the same time in this place called Portland, Oregon. It's a wild city that I'm still in love with today. The motto of Portland is keep Portland weird. (laughs) I was born and raised in Portland. My mom's best friend also had a baby at around this about three months. And in those three months, they put us in the same nursery. Apparently, we started playing together. And then (laughs) the plan was between these two mothers that maybe they could have a boy and a girl and get them married. So they had a boy, they had a girl, and then they were like, let's start plotting. So every single summer, her family was the wealthy business family. Dad, we were the not wealthy <laughs> pastor's family, and they paid for our vacation every summer. Wow. We went a place called Bend, Oregon, and it's there we fell in love when we were 11, 12, 13, <laughs> and I have awesome. a, a box of notes from my wife. The only thing we didn't get right is I said, let's have three kids, two girls and a boy, and we ended up having two boys and a girl. So <laughs> I was off a little there, but she's my only girlfriend. It's wild, I know, but we've been going steady since middle school. Isn't that wild? Amazing. That is like the most ideal situation. You know, you always talk about that with your best <laughs> friend, like, I hope our kids fall in love. That actually happened. That's so cool. What's crazy, Sadie, is we have all these awesome, fun memories of, you remember Black Butte, like 89? Remember we watched like young riders together? (laughs) Do you remember when we watched like Rocky? You know, it's, yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. awesome. And then thank you for the next question about love. I think what's really important for us to remember is that God is love, but love is not God, right? And this is really important. And I think partially the infatuation with our culture, with the concept of love, and I say infatuation in the most profound, deepest meaning ever, because we are obsessed with love in our culture. But of course, our definition of love is inherently very selfish and self-serving. And so Mm -hmm. this thing we're obsessed with never seems to deliver because it's actually not what we were made for. We were not made in the name of love to serve ourselves, service ourselves, think about ourselves, and revolve our world around ourselves. Because the Bible says that in this, you know love. Mm -hmm. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and gave His Son as a propitiation, big Bible word that means he took our place. Mm. So love defined by God is giving yourself for another. And the Bible says God doesn't do that. That is actually who he is. And the one thing we understand about the character of God is God always acts in consistency with the content of his character. Mm. So whoever he is, is always how he acts. Now he's the only person in the universe who does that. It's one of the reasons I'm infatuated. I'm totally in love with him because whatever he says, he's already did it. He's Mm -hmm. doing it and will always do it. So when it says that God is love, it is a it is a bombastic declaration of the character of the creator of heaven and earth that he is by definition, he is the selfless giver. He Mm -hmm. thinks about others and yet his character is so perfect. If he only thought about himself, he would be right in doing that. Mm -hmm. But he is the definition and the personification 
of love. It is who he is. It is not what he does. Now, conversely, we oftentimes in the name of love, we do noble acts, but it's not actually who we are, or I should say it's our actual inherent desire. What Jesus does is he gives us a desire to live beyond ourselves, let go of me, myself, and I, serve our fellow man, be a good neighbor, Mm -hmm. love our spouse. And when you lose your life, Jesus says, it's there you will find it. So I truly Mm -hmm. believe, Sadie, if we can define and redefine love as the person of Jesus and let him set the standard of what it is and what it isn't, the world will change as we know it. Amen. I believe that. You're so right. The world is obsessed with love. And you talk about this in the book that like, yes, because our soul earns for that. Like that's put in us because that is who God is. I love, there's a quote in your book and I always like to quote people when they're on because it's like kind of the best piece of advice I receive. But you say, if everyone is doing love by his or her own definition, it would be a pandemonium. And I'm like, that's so true, but that's what we're doing. Like we are defining it for ourselves and we're kind of running in blindly because we keep redefining it as our feelings take over and our emotions take over. And then we end up somewhere we didn't mean to be or need to be. But when we center on God and God is love and we realize love is so much bigger than this just obsession we have, but we're obsessed with God, it helps define even what love looks like in our relationships based on the truth of his word. And so when I was reading that, I was just like, yes, yes, amen, yes. I want you to say all that. You know, you're a super encouraging person. I think probably by nature, you're just an encourager. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems to be, you know, during this time, I know a lot of people are discouraged, right? There's, it's been a wild year. Like you can't ignore that. You can't not see that. And so I'm just wondering for you and your life, like in your relationship with God, what's encouraging you in this time that keeps hope alive, that keeps you smiling, keep you happy? Because I think people are getting to the point where they're like, okay, I know Jesus is real if you're a Christian. I know God is real, but yeah, I'm so discouraged. And what is it for you that's kind of waking you up in the morning and reviving kind of your own heart? It's definitely that none of the surprises God, right? We've got yeah. to keep kind of saying that, like none of this surprises God. God is in control. He sits in the heavens. The earth is his ottoman and he laughs at those who oppose his plan and purpose. He laughs <laughs> because it is an impossibility to stop the plan and purpose of God in the earth. It will come to pass. His will will be done. Kingdom come will be done. It's happening as we speak. Now, having said that, I think here's the intersection that we're all kind of either at and need to kind of understand biblically. And that is, we are wondering, because God is eternal, because God is the forever God, because God is, he he literally lives in a different dimension. He made the one temporarily that we live in, but there'll be a day where it'll give way to forever. Forever will actually take over time and space. Having said that, I think theologically what we've done is we have minimized time and space. What I mean by that is we have said, well, it doesn't matter. And you know, all this is fruitless and all this is futile. And of course, Solomon before Jesus, before redemption, Mm -hmm. before the cross, he ends his roamings Mm -hmm. and Ecclesiastes by saying, it doesn't matter. Life is fruitless. Fear God, keep his commandments. Well, that's Solomon expressing Mm -hmm. a cry for a savior to bring purpose and definition. The savior has come. So here's what we know. The savior is invested in time and space. And I'll prove that to you. The shortest verse in all the New Testament 
Testament is Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. And yet it's one of the most significant theological verses we have today, particularly around our everyday life. Because here's the reality. When Jesus wept, about three verses later, if I'm not mistaken, he raises Lazarus from the dead, which is the very reason he's crying. He's crying because Lazarus is dead. And his closest friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Lazarus is dead, but Mary and Martha, the older sisters of Lazarus, are devastated. In Mm. fact, they told Jesus, you are late, and because you're late, you couldn't heal him, and now he's dead. It's your fault. Jesus weeps. And here's my question. Here's the theological question, which I think is so pertinent right now. Why does Jesus cry when he knows he's going to change the outcome? And Mm. here's why. Because the pain Mary and Martha felt let's call it in that verse, is not any less or any less real just because Jesus is going to solve it three verses later. And I want to say this to Christians everywhere with this view that, you know, heaven's coming, we're going to get there, everything's going to be fine, all this is fruitless and pointless, and we shouldn't do any of these initiatives and helping people and serving people, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, yes, heaven's coming, but Jesus cares about right now. So I just want to say this for all those weeping, for all those hurting, for all those broken, do not accept that Jesus is in heaven going, you're going to be with me forever. Stop crying. Get over it. No, Mm -hmm. that's not the Jesus. The Jesus you love and you serve and you worship is with you right now in your bedroom. He's with you right now in that car. He's with you in that park. You're sitting on that blanket in that central park of your university, listening to this podcast, thinking to yourself, is Jesus with me and does he love me? I'm telling you the same Jesus who wept with Mary and Martha over their little brother Lazarus is the same Jesus that is feeling your pain, that empathizes with you, that loves you and knows your weakness. And he is not going to leave you. And I promise you, he will walk through whatever you're going through. And that continues to help me get up in the morning (laughs) and not only know that Jesus is weeping with me, but also being willing to weep with my friends who are weeping as well. Wow. I didn't mean to preach a sermon saying, I just get so excited about it. I'm so excited. I'm like, that's not just wake you up in the morning. That's like running in the morning. That is like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. That is, I know exactly what so many need to hear that question that you asked, why did Jesus weep if he knew it was going to come? I've actually never thought about that. When I read the Bible, I like to ask a lot of questions and think about a lot of things that I never thought about that. But to know that Jesus was with them in their moment, I mean, that is a revelation I'm glad that you share with me today personally. And (laughs) I hope that so many people take that and actually think about those words and think about what you just said, that you're not just waiting until heaven. Because sometimes I think I even do that. I'm like, okay, well, this world is not my home. You know, like we used to sing this hymn, like this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm just like that. But no, like God cares about the present moment. And just like you said earlier to the college students that, you know, God knew you were going to be alive in this moment. Like, you're, you're equipped yes. for this moment. You're, there's something in you for this moment. And all of these things, I mean, even just in my own life, I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, I needed this. Like, yes, and amen. So I know wow. so many people are going to be so encouraged. I want to end it on that, but I do just want to ask one more thing because this morning as I was just praying and preparing for it, just this conversation, I started to think about so many people who aren't Christians or maybe who were and have kind of slipped away or just actually had no interest in going back to a church or back to faith because maybe a church hurt or maybe a hurt 
between them and God, or maybe they've never even thought about who God really is other than what they've heard. And I was just thinking it'd be really cool to just ask a pastor, like as a pastor, when people come into your church, like what do you hope they feel when they leave? Because I think a lot of people have this idea of maybe what church is going to be like, but they've just never stepped in, so they don't know. Or maybe they knew what it was or what it had been to them, and they were hurt by it, so they think all church is like that. But I feel like you redeem so many things for what people who have been religious have thought of, who people who haven't you know, known anything about Jesus have thought of. You, you redeem that by setting out the gospel in such a beautiful truthful and loving way. And so for you as a pastor, when people come into your doors and they sit in church home, like how do you hope that they leave? And what do you hope they leave knowing? There's a story of an old, very wise, brilliant college professor. And the first day of his freshman class in this particular university, United States of America, he's doing math. And he writes on the board a math problem and the answer, and it's correct. And then he writes up the same math problem and the answer, and it's correct. He writes up another Math problem, the same one, and the answer is correct. He writes it up again. About the sixth or seventh time, this brilliant professor writes up the same math problem and actually writes the wrong answer. Wow. Chuckles begin to break out in this elite professor's classroom as the freshmen begin to chuckle at the thought that the brilliant professor actually got his own math equation wrong. <laughs> now, he writes up the right equation and the right answer again another 15 to 20 times. He turns around to Chuckles, and one courageous freshman raises his hand and says, uh, Professor, sir? And he's like, yes. And he goes, you actually got it wrong. And he goes, you're right. Welcome to life. Wow. Welcome to life. You can get it right every time. But the one time you get it wrong, this world will laugh at you. Wow. This world will think you are less. This world will conclude you are dumb. And he went on. But I think what he's explaining is the dynamics of the human condition and the human nature. Yeah. You can get everything right in your life, which no one does. Mm -hmm. But the few things you do dumb, even sometimes the people you love the most, just have it in our nature to remind you, almost you know, tear you down so you don't get a big head. And we remind each other of our weaknesses. I want to build a community yeah. like Jesus where we remind people not of their shortcomings and their weaknesses. The Holy Spirit is so faithful and he will show us where to grow. But the difference between condemnation and conviction, must we must put our arms around this, not only as storytellers and communicators of the gospel, but Jesus followers at large, mm -hmm. we must ask ourselves, are we going to embrace conviction? Which by the way, conviction is this. Conviction is God saying, hey, this isn't who you are. Let's yeah. change this. And everything inside of you goes, yes, let's do it. Condemnation says you're an idiot. You got mm -hmm. it wrong. And you'll never do what you think you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I want to build a community or you can write up the same math problem and get it wrong every time. And everybody in the room jumps up, surrounds you at the chalkboard mm. and says, hey, we've got it wrong too. 
Let's do this together so we can get it right and we can believe in each other. And I I want people to leave church and believe that they can fly, Sadie, Mm -hmm. that they can fly. Why do we get to go to Aladdin and think we can fly? (laughs) Why can't I come to church and feel like Jesus will help me walk on water? Jesus will help me do miracles? Because honestly, to live a life this day of purpose, you need the miraculous power of Jesus. So I'm passionate. And you know what? When people criticize us, let them say. Those people, they're so positive. They're so loving. They're so kind. They're so considerate. Let that yep. be their criticism. And, and I'd be okay. I can sleep at night knowing that <laughs> the criticism towards me is that I'm, I'm too welcoming. I'm too kind. I'm too encouraging. I'm too, it's like, yep, you know what? That's me. Guilty as charged. Great. I love that. So good. Man, I love that this podcast is called Whoa, That's Good. But it's kind of funny sometimes because I I don't even realize how much I said, Whoa, that's good. I think I've said that like (laughs) five. I think I've replied that like five times at least to the things that you've said. But seriously, it's so good and so helpful. And I can't get over how so many things you said just made me personally so encouraged and so inspired to deepen. even my faith in this time, what God's doing, what he's put in me for this time. And so thank you. I know it's going to help so many people. Judy, you're the real deal. You know, I just support (laughs) everything that y'all are doing and encourage so many people. Uh, If y'all haven't got the church home app for those listening, it's so great. They have guided prayers, a community of people going on this app that is a part of, I know their church home church, but be a part of it because guided prayers, marriage Mondays with him and Chelsea, so much encouragement. And I know it'll bless you in your daily life and devotions and stuff. So Judah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I cannot wait for people to listen to this. Sadie, thank you so much. And congratulations to you and Christian on your thank marriage. You. It's going to last 150 years, Amen. probably because of technology, you guys will live forever. But <laughs> I love you too. I love who you are. I love what you represent. Thank you for being a godly gospel force in the universe. It thank means you. the world. And thank you for having me on. Thank you. That means so much. We love you too and appreciate you so much. Tell your family we said hi. Promise. All right. Bye. Thank you, Sadie. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. Well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Are you repeating me? (laughs) Yes, I am. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Y'all, I'm so excited because, like, what did Judah Smith not just preach the word? He literally preached 30 minutes. Leave in the chat box if you're like shook because we're shook. I'm like, if we could raise our hand right now and just say amen, we'd all be raising our hands and saying amen because that was church. That was church. That was straight church. So good. But now we are going to get the good advice that you guys sent into the Will That's Good podcast Instagram page. Some good, maybe some bad. We'll see what y'all chose to send in. We'll see. All right. Uh, Be a problem solver, not a problem announcer. That's good advice. It's great. I feel like if you're a problem announcer... I mean, you're just one of those people that gossip and I, yeah. know, I feel like... Or worried or anxious or yeah. like... I feel like when there's a problem, it's normally already known that it's a problem. And sometimes we like to just repeat the fact that there's a problem yeah. over and over again when it's like... Yeah. It, we can't fix it right now. Yeah. You know, we just need yeah. to figure out how to solve it. Yeah, the world needs more problem solvers. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Life is short. Do at least one thing you love every day. Great advice. If you were to take that advice, what would you do today? What would I do today? Life is short. Do one thing today. That you love? That I love. Drink a milkshake. I like that. 
I drank a milkshake do? yesterday. I'm, I'm already on this train. What would you do? Um, that was yesterday's. What would I do? I'd play tennis with everybody. Oh, well, that's friends and family. Yeah, that's. <sighs> what? No, are that's, you, that's are you shame about no, that's better than my answer. But I'm thinking like we do that like every day. I don't yeah, drink a milkshake. Every I know day. that's true. I do often, but not every day. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you can't please everyone. Oh, yes. That's true. That's so true. That's just like fact, Jack. Like, like, that's just something you just take that to the bank, need to know. As Judah said, some, he, he said that in his message. Yeah. I love, Judah even, I love what Judah said, though. He's like, you know, if people are going to criticize me, I hope they're criticizing me because I'm too nice. I'm too welcoming. I'm too loving. I'm too these things. Like, yeah. that's the best compliment. If you're like living a life, like, it's like, what would Jesus do? If I'm living a life trying to be like Jesus and people criticize me for that, then take a note from Jesus. He was like, yeah. well, they hated me first, right? Yeah, take heart. You can't please everyone. I like this. Have a childlike faith, but a mature attitude. Ooh, that is good. Yeah. Jesus talks all throughout the scriptures of having faith like a child. And yeah. You can yeah. learn a lot from children. Yeah, you can learn a lot from children. But I know that if I was like a child... And you might lose. Then the, we probably wouldn't be married if I was not. Mature. Valid. So, valid. So yeah, good advice. All right. Like, let's see. Be a warrior, not a worrier. Love that, is, that. Love that. You guys are sending in some gold. That's like, like a, we used like to a, have, like, some pretty weird advice, or, like, yeah. not good advice. But it was, like, funny because we said send in good and bad yeah. advice, and which still we like. So if you've ever gotten, like, super bad advice that's, like, just hilarious and comical, we'd love to read it. But this is, like— Good. That's a good bumper sticker. I love that. That is a bumper sticker. That is a bumper sticker. All right. I'll do one more. One more. Sorry. I'm going to say this because I think that me and you would probably disagree. Okay. Keep it simple. I think that's what I'm trying to think of something. Because you, you're trying to think what I'm going to say different. But it's from the office. And Michael asks Dwight what the best advice I've given you. And then Dwight said kiss. And it was keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> so I, that, was, that was my first That's thought. Michael's well, that's good moment. Yeah, that was Michael Scott's. Whoa, that's Nobody good. loves the office more than Christian. I challenge you. Okay, besides his brother, maybe. Yeah, but And your brother. Will, and my brother. Will, will okay, people do, it. but people love he it. loves it a lot. But no, I, I was going to say, like, I think there is beauty to simplicity and the fact yeah. of, like, even what we've seen the other day. Like, I will rejoice in the simple gospel. There's beauty to simplicity. But I also feel like expressing yourself and sharing details and yeah. stuff like that can also add a level of depth to stories that mm-hmm. can be like a connecting point for different people. But you're very yeah. simple. You would say what I would say in 20 words and five. That's so true. Yeah, I'm, I'm a man of few words. But Jesus, when he um, gives his parables, I think that he, I don't know if they were trying to be simple, but I don't know. I, they were I, they were. I think so it profound. makes you want to think. Yeah. I think he made you want to, like he wanted you to think about he wanted, something. It, it appears simple. But there's so much. But there's so much richness yeah. to it. That's why you can read the same scripture like so many times. You get something different out of it each time. Yeah. But anyways, great advice, guys. So stoked about this because I know y'all are gonna have a lot of what did I used to say that everyone in front of me for? A lot of little nuggets. A lot, a lot of little, little nuggets. nuggets to chew on. To <laughs> chew on. Chick Fil A over here. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. Speaking of nuggets, we tried to get a Chick Fil A on Sunday to get a twelve count, but they were closed. Now we're not keeping it simple. Anyways, can't wait for next yep. week. Hope you guys enjoyed this awesome message from Judah and our time awesome. talking. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you 
Thank you so much for listening to the Whoa That's Good podcast. I have so much fun doing this. I hope y'all have fun listening. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Legit Sadie Rob and follow the podcast at Whoa That's Good Podcast. Head on over to liveoriginal.com to see when I'm in a city near you or visit Live Original blog on our online store, which carries my exclusive Words by Sadie Rob line. Also, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave comments so we can hear what you're loving. Also, want to give a special shout out to my audio engineer, Marcus DePaula, the whole team at United Talent Agency, and my Live Original team. You guys are awesome, and hey, so are all of you too. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>